0: Black down,
1: Welcome back to another edition of All Basis Covered. We are here on a Monday night. I think we just got the original crew tonight, Sam. I think it's just you and me uh kicking things off today. So a bit of a breakaway for the past several weeks, uh, as we're going back to uh just
0: the original two of us, man. Yes, oh, uh it's
1: uh, it's Friday, isn't it? Man. It's Friday,
0: that's right. <laughs> you need a you need a producer ASAP. <laughs> Hello, you know we keep
1: getting added to all of these uh, different platforms. We'll we'll be able to pay for a producer
0: soon enough. Maybe we'll
1: actually get like a real studio. Who knows? You know? Who
0: knows? Possibly, possibly, man, possibly.
1: Um, man, it's, it's been a crazy week, dude. It's been it just lots of shit happening in the world of sports and outside the world of sports. But another incident, dude, where Dave Chappelle. He's performing at the Hollywood Bowl for the Netflix is a joke festival, and he gets attacked on stage. You know he's fine, but this dude—I think the dude suffered two broken arms. He got like stomped yep. out by a bunch of people on the. Yeah, stage. he got
0: he got stomped out by like cops too, and.
1: Yeah. But the thing
0: is, like, he was able to sneak in a fake gun. What it could just as easily been real.
1: Exactly, and I think he had a knife too, didn't he?
0: said he had a fake gun. I, I, okay. I, I don't know. I he had a fake sure. gun and a fake knife. My thing is, that if you slid through security with a fake gun, right? you could do that with a real one, right? Like, yeah. what the hell? Easily. Easily.
1: Well, so, apparently, Dave Chappelle spoke to the suspect backstage, okay? He's a the young man. He's 23 years old. His name's Isaiah Lee. Um, and Chappelle asked him why he did it. And basically, Isaiah Lee launched into a story about how his grandmother had been forced out of her Brooklyn neighborhood because of gentrification, uh, the publication reported. And apparently his onstage attack was supposed to shed light on her situation, which doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) at all. But oh, so what
0: does that have to do with Dave Chappelle, though?
1: Dude, yeah, that's what I would like to know. But apparently, the Dave Chappelle said that Isaiah Lee, who two years ago put out a rap song named after Dave Chappelle, appeared to be slightly mentally ill. So okay. uh, apparently, he's taking medication. His brother, his brother said. But man, yeah, he had he had a this is a this is a replica handgun with a knife attached to wow. the gun. Wow.
0: Dude, yeah, the I knife, mean, the, the, knife was was the knife was, was real. The knife was real. The gun was safe, but the knife was real.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's pretty crazy.
1: Dude, I just I don't know, man. I, I, dude, but what is, I don't know what this is. All of a sudden, it feels very much like it's open season on comedians that – I, I don't want to blame Will Smith, but I'm going to for a minute because it feels very much like if you don't – Like what a comedian's saying, or you want to get attention for yourself, you're just going to go up on stage and do something. We saw it happen, not only at the Oscars with Will Smith and Chris Rock. Then A couple days later, we saw it with T.I. and this female comedian. He confronted her on stage. He got very verbally abusive with her. Now it's Dave Chappelle getting attacked. I mean, what the fuck is next, man? What what is next? You come to a comedy show, you're there to see the comedians. I fucking hate. I hate when I'm at a comedy show and people are blurting shit out. Nobody paid to see you. And and I hate, like, the hecklers. I hate the people jumping up on stage. Thankfully, Chappelle wasn't hurt. He was able to make light of it uh, a couple seconds later. But, man, like, can you imagine if he'd been seriously hurt and he paid – not only is is a great comedian seriously injured, but then you got all the people who paid all this money to come see the show – and you got this asshole going up on stage and attacking people.
0: Yeah, I mean it could it could have been way worse than it was, right? And and yeah, he right. made light of the situation after, but God forbid something would have happened to Dave Chappelle, you would be able to see how easy it is to like gang up on a comedian. Now, let's say uh again, you know, I I'm not I'm not um going to go ahead and put them in the same category, but let's say you have like uh you know, Mark Wahlberg. He's a pretty, sometimes a funny guy, right? He's yeah. doing stand up. Mark Wahlberg. Uh, you don't want to mess with Mark Wahlberg, man. He's he's ripped. Even at at fifty, he's like ripped. You know. Yeah. Even if you do try to slap him or hit him or something of that sort, he'll be able to handle himself. Like, at what point do you does the does the box stop? You know, like uh, these other guys that that uh, that are jumping up on stage and 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 trying these things. Like, and, and you're right. It does start with uh, with Will Smith because. He made it okay to do that. Yeah. He made it okay for uh, a, a star to stand up, go completely ham on on a, on a comedian, and then suffer no consequences after. Really. Exactly.
1: For plotting him. In fact, right. he's training right. a piece in minutes later when he was announced. I just – I don't know, man. I I – it's, uh, God, man, it's just—it's too bad. I'm—I'm I'm glad that everybody's okay. And I know
0: you like to stick up for Dave Chappelle, obviously for he—he's him being a great, uh, you know, comedian. But he's also an Ohio native, right? So you gotta, yeah, exactly. obviously have to support your local stars and things of that nature. But dude, we—we we could have had a really big mishap if that any of that actually was real, right? Yeah.
1: Right. And then now, now this dude, apparently, he's only going to get hit with a couple of misdemeanors.
0: Instead of a felony charge. That's crazy. I mean, is, are they using, like, his his medication and his mental history as the reason I, why?
1: I, I think after reviewing the evidence, prosecutors determined that while criminal conduct occurred, it did not constitute
0: felony conduct. This
1: dude had a knife attached to a gun. <laughs> what the fuck you mean? There's no felony. It, dude,
0: if it was anybody else, it would be aggravated assault. That's a but felony. I don't know how that's not a felony.
1: He was right? arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. And that's
0: a felony. Again, that's a, that's a felony.
1: That looks like a handgun. It's still a knife. I don't care if it wasn't an actual handgun. You can kill someone with a knife. They fucking took planes over with goddamn box cutters. Don't tell me a knife can't be a deadly weapon. I mean, shit.
0: But listen, I mean, the thing is assault with a deadly weapon is what his, his initial charge was, right? Was right. it not?
1: Yeah, it was.
0: So why did that charge not stick, though? Because the, the gun was fake? Is that the reason why that charge is not sticking? Because that's a felony. It's saw with the deadly weapon is a, a felony.
1: I'm reading here. It says if the knife was metal, it could have been the basis for a felony assault with a deadly
0: weapon. Oh,
1: the knife was just rubber, bro. That's why. Oh,
0: the knife was fake too. The gun was the, fake. The knife was fake. Got gun it. Gun and
1: the knife were both fake. That's why it got dropped down. So sorry for cursing there and getting mad. Uh, I didn't. I had to scroll down a little bit in the article to read that the knife was fake. So uh, yeah, that's why. Also, you know. It helps to you know maybe go over notes before the podcast instead of just doing it. Uh, is this another shot at hey we need a producer? A producer maybe maybe I need to spend some more time researching things before talking about them on air a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe next time, right? Yeah, maybe next time. Just chalk that up as a as a as a as a mark for the next time. Get it on the second chance. Okay. All right, All right so. Uh, We'll get to some more strange events later, but we got the NBA playoffs brewing. Um, I I wanted to talk about the Dylan Brooks suspension. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I couldn't get the audio for it because we don't own the right to it. It was on Fox Sports, but Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp were talking about it. Shannon Sharp um, believed that the suspension was warranted. Skip Bayless was on arms about it. I watched the play and To me, it didn't look – it didn't look like a dirty play to me. It didn't look like he intentionally swiped him across the head. What it looked like was Dylan Brooks was trying to chase him down from behind and his momentum got going and he left to block the ball and he kind of went forward and he accidentally, while he was trying to block the ball, kind of hit him in the head. Now, and it's unfortunate that Peyton got injured on the play, but – I don't think you can call things a flagrant foul after the fact that that because because I'm wondering, are they still calling it a flagrant foul if Peyton doesn't get injured? If Peyton jumps back up and everything's fine and you know, he's not injured. I don't think Brooks is getting a suspension and I don't think they're calling that a flagrant too. So I kind of, I'm curious on your opinion on that matter.
0: So, I mean, uh, here's my take on it, I guess Uh, you can, when I look at this Grizzlies team the entire year, they've played on the edge all year. And some of it constitutes as dirty. Some of it constitutes as clean. Some of it constitutes as, as young players just, you know, not reacting at the right – and not being at the right place at the right time. All season, men, Brooks, Morant, Jackson have, have had a lot of questionable falls with the fouls that they've given. So, yes, they're the, the Memphis grit and grind, everyone knows back in the day, they were all defense, 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 and that's what they – are I don't as far as it being like maliciously flagrant. I also agree. I think it's momentum carrying forward. It just sucks because their best on-ball defender, which is Gary Payton, yeah. is now out for three weeks of the for Three weeks, you know, with a fractured left elbow. I think it is right. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, you have somebody that you would need to kind of temper and kind of pad John Morant as he's running down the lane on every play. Uh, and Gary Payton is that guy, you know, that'll that a that little bit of a pest type of player. Um that sucks that that part of that process they lose that person, but I do agree with you. It doesn't look like it's malicious, but then again, this this Grizzlies squad has had a bunch of questionable calls during the year as well. I know.
1: I I've, I've seen some malicious hits, especially watching 80s and 90s basketball and even early 2000s. I've seen some vicious hits that looked like their intent
0: was to straighten Maine. Career-ending, I would say. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even say, like, let me get him out of the game. Let me see if I could end his career. But Bill yeah. Lambeer pulling on on Larry Bird's back and basically dropping him to the ground is yeah. a career-ending injury, you know? Some,
1: some of the fouls that Anthony Mason had, you know, for the Knicks, you know, and, and even Charles Oakley, you know, I, I saw some rough and tough fouls where they – that didn't look like it was incidental contact. To me, Jalen Brooks looked like he was going for the ball, and he happened to swipe the head. Because he didn't – they say, the announcer was like, oh, he clubbed him in the head. didn't look like a club to me. He, he didn't come down with force. Like, right. he didn't cock his arm and bring it down on his head. He was swiping. It looked like he was swiping at the ball, and he, like – didn't quite get to the ball, and he hit him in the head. Which right. we all know that. I mean, shit can happen in basketball. It's such a bang bang play, such a bang bang sport. You know what I mean? Like it's a a lot a lot of things can happen.
0: It's I like, mean, people, Anthony Davis, you know, came down for a rebound and rolled his ankle because he stepped on someone else's foot. Right. Right. Like, things like that happen. So I mean, I could totally say see, see how this is like an incidental type of deal where like. He was going up, and like you said, Brooks was coming to get the ball from behind, kind of, you know, yeah. um, basically, you know, surprise him more or less. Maybe he didn't. He, he, you know, it was one of those plays where, you know, you have no idea who's behind you. So, and all of a sudden, the, the play gets blocked. But, you know, he has he has the ability to now kind of. He has a one game suspension. He has if if there's another questionable call, like he if he has another one. The thing is. He's gonna. They're gonna hold this call, like they're gonna use it as a pedestal. You know, cool. like, hey, listen, this guy's already not doing X, Y, Z, and boom. You know, Patrick Beverley for the longest time is catching a bunch of flagrants because he was just a wild and reckless.
1: Draymond Green in, in that original Cavs uh, Warriors series before they got Durant when the Cavs right. came back three games to down three games to one, the Warriors were running away with that series then. Then Draymond gets suspended. I believe it was for Game Five. The Warriors lose that game. They come back and, and they lose Game Six. And now you have a winner-take-all Game Seven. And and all the momentum was going to Cleveland by that point. But I, I'm of the I, I of the belief, and we'll never know. But I'm of the belief that if Draymond doesn't get suspended at all the Warriors win that series in five or six games easily. And LeBron doesn't get that ring in Cleveland
0: ever. Yeah, it's, it's very well possible. I mean, he was an X factor, right, on that squad. But yeah. the thing is now, Dylan Brooks, like his next foul that he has, if it's questionable, he's going to be labeled, you know, yeah. as a dirty player. That's unfortunate.
1: Um, moving on to the uh, Sixers heat. Uh, first, I want to ask you, man, uh, so – the Heat are a good team. We know they're well coached. we know they're pretty deep, right? They got a lot of really good players. But can the Heat pull a pistons and basically win a title this year without a superstar? Do you have do you think if they get by the seventy Sixers, they can beat the Bucks or the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals and beat whoever comes out of the West? Without, I know Jimmy Butler's a really good player. I know Bam is a really good player. But they don't have a Durant, a LeBron, or a Steph Curry, um, a true superstar on that team. Can the Heat win a championship without a true superstar?
0: So I didn't think it was possible um, uh, this year. Um, only because I saw Butler get hurt, and I thought he was supposed to be, like, the alpha on the team. Yeah. But then all, like, the entire team is so well coached. And that's why I give Spolster the nod. Like, I definitely have to give him the nod. He, he He's an excellent, excellent coach. The team is so well coached. And now, all of a sudden, you have, like, this prolific six-man. Guy, guy. you know, Tyler Hero, who's six one six-man of the year, is coming off the bench scoring 22 points. You know, he can easily be a starter. Um, anywhere else, so that, I think that second unit has really kept them uh, afloat, and it gives them a a completely different dynamic, like, I was watching a bunch of plays that, why Tyler Hero is is such a good, um, you know, uh, guard, you know, as a six-man, as a guard, like, he's a great shooter, that's number one, and the second thing is what he does when he doesn't have the ball on his hands, his off-ball screens are freaking amazing you know he frees up jimmy butler on alley-oops and there's a ton of things that he does differently that generates some offense outside of going to bam or going to butler or lowry driving kicking something of that sort right and i do think the heat if they beat the sixers i feel like they might have just enough in the tank to again you know use their superior coaching to do to you know uh kind of knock off these other uh, other teams and the Bucks, you know, the bucks they're great. They're absolutely amazing. But the bucks, uh if they don't get Middleton back, it's a problem against the Heat, you know. But
1: do you think the Heat have any chance against a team like the Suns or the Warriors in the finals? No, no,
0: no, no. I think those other teams are way better.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of this series, Harden. Harden, dude, just doesn't look like that – guy Anymore, he looks overweight. He looks out of shape, and he doesn't look explosive at all. He doesn't look athletic at all. Tonight, he's having a pretty good game so far. It's halftime. The Sixers are up by seven. They got Embiid back tonight. Harden at the half is three of six from the field, one of three from three point range, and eight of eight from the line. He's got fifteen points. So, and he he's leading the Sixers in scoring right now. But I I, I don't know, man. Uh, Harden just I don't think Harden's that guy. I, I, You know, and there was a time when a lot of people were saying he could go down as the best player to never win a championship. I don't even think he's in the top five or six in that conversation. I, I just – I don't think Harden has it in crunch time, man. I don't think Harden has it when it matters most. I don't think Harden is relied upon. And I don't know, maybe Sam Presti saw that in Oklahoma City and that's why he stuck with Abaca and Durant and Westbrook and jettisoned Harden because he knew that it just wasn't, Harden wasn't, maybe he knew something that we all didn't back then. I, I don't know. But Harden, to me, he choked when he
0: was in Houston multiple times. Uh, they're down I, from- I see fat Harden eating just cheesecakes right now when he's in Philly, like nonstop. That's yeah. all I see. I think he's completely washed up. Um, he doesn't have, uh, I don't know. He just doesn't have that zip anymore. Like, he used to be able to create. Like, even the creating part has gone down the drain. I don't know if you can expect, like, a 40-point explosion, and a 50-point. You can't expect that from Harden anymore. I, I, I think, those think those days are done. Oh, I don't think you're good. But
1: I, I think Fat Harden, the problem is Fat Harden, He's he not one of these basketball players, is so smooth and fundamentally sound. He relied on his athleticism. And now that athleticism is kind of going, and he's not able to make up for it. Plus, when they stop calling that foul where he's able to jump into guys and draw, like, that's completely wrecked his game, man. I just – I don't see it from a perspective. And I, I want to talk about something that uh, I heard on the radio today that I found very interesting. They were discussing this, and they were saying how – when Pippen went to the Rockets, right? I don't know if you remember that. And it was it was him and Hakeem and Charles Barkley.
0: Uh, at, yeah, I mean, they were all so washed up though at that point that they were way well, past their prime.
1: Pippen, I don't think Pippen was washed up because he later went to the Trailblazers and had a couple really good seasons with the Trailblazers. Yeah,
0: but then he those Trailblazers seasons were like that whole team was all those teams were built like those uh, Pistons teams without a star really. True. You know well, that was a lot of teamwork involved. Pippen, I think, like I'm telling you, I, I just, well, I saw Pippen play in in uh, in Houston, and I I th- I thought he was washed by the time he got there, man. Honestly.
1: But what he said, what Pippen said, which I thought was interesting, was that Michael Jordan, he said, Jordan told me when I went to Houston that Charles Barkley is incapable of winning a championship, and and when Pippen asked. Michael Jordan, why Jordan said Charles is a great player, but he doesn't have the dedication and he doesn't have the mindset to be a champion. Feel that way about James Harden. I feel that James Harden doesn't have the discipline. He doesn't have the mindset. I, and there's other guys that didn't win titles, but it wasn't because they lacked discipline or the mindset. I, I feel like Carl Malone and John Stockton could have won a the championship. They didn't have to go up against Michael Jordan twice, right? And there was other guys, you know, I, but you look at some of these other, like to me, I feel like Durant's only got rings because he joined Curry and Clay and Draymond and they were just too loaded to lose. But to me, Durant also has that kind of makeup in his mind that Durant, I, I don't think has the mentality to be a champion. And, and in fact, I don't think Durant's ever going to win another title. And his titles will always be scrutinized because he joined a loaded team. And I feel the same way about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving doesn't have the mindset to win. And he won a championship, but not – but you got it playing with LeBron James. So, I don't know, man. I feel like Harden, maybe maybe Embiid is that guy that can kind of carry the Sixers to a championship. But if it has to be Harden – they're they're not
0: getting there, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking on mute. Yeah, I think I definitely think that that the Harden move was like, um, you know, it was a, a a period of time where, you know, you're looking at a top tier star and you're you're expecting that kind of performance out of them, and it's not going to happen. If you're if you're hoping that, fifty percent of your, offensive output you know, is, um, is is predicated whether you get to the line or not, your yeah. game is going to age very poorly, you know. Okay. And it's, Charles, Charles Barkley just seems like a very good comparison to a player, you know, like Harden because they're both very, you know, they were good, they were athletic in their time, they were great what they did, but once they hit that wall of like, hey, you've lost X amount of times now, they don't have the drive to move forward
1: and they didn't take care of their bodies either. Neither one of them took care of their bodies. Not not in a way that they probably needed to 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 try to win. So um all right man. So moving on, uh we got our second segment coming up. Uh it's been a long time coming, man. Uh we haven't had one of these in such a long time, but it is the chronic corner coming up guys this has been much asked about uh we haven't done this for i don't know man i think it's been about a month or two since we last had a chronic
0: corner here on Friday. oh it's been a while bro
1: it has been a while uh so we're rolling this back out uh so here we go with a uh, little cypress hill as uh sam gets ready for the newest edition of chronic corner <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, just like and a the ball. the down just for a get me wrong,
1: What do we got on the corner today, Sam? All right, man. <coughs> oh, it, like, it sounds like you're hitting the chronic corner now. <laughs>
0: I'm in the corner, man.
1: <laughs> Live
0: and direct. All right, so, uh, so we haven't had one of these in a while, so I wanted to, you know, talk about a couple of things. Um, the changing of the industry a little bit, you know, and I had a couple of questions. And I would say, you know, Mike, you <clears throat> I value your opinion when it comes to, like, economy and, uh, you know, regulation of, of certain products and things of that nature. I just came to know that CVS, Walgreens, they actually sell THC gummies to the regular to regular people, which I mean, granted, they're hemp THC, which makes it completely different than something that's cannabis, de- uh, you know, derived from 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 cannabis. Um, but it, you know, <clears throat> what do you think as far as the um, the retail aspect of, of, of how People view marijuana nowadays, you know, um, and the active ingredients in there, and how much they know about it. Now that it's like, do you see it popping up in a Seven Eleven as far as like you can buy yeah. a single joint at 7 7- Seven 7- Eleven when you wanted to? I don't know. I don't know if I see it going that far,
1: uh, as far as like buying joints at a gas station or like a little quickie mart or something. Well, I
0: mean, the question is why, though. I mean, if if cigarette alcohol are 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 kind of uh, administered and they're they're kept in check uh, in that manner. Well, I don't. Why can't THC be done in the same way? I just I don't see it happening with our government and and the fact that parents view
1: people. and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but people people view alcohol very differently than they view marijuana. Marijuana is considered a drug. Yeah, only really
0: because it was. I mean, one was it has always historically been prohibited, and the other one served. You know, a period of time that was prohibited. Right.
1: Yeah. I I just don't see. I don't. And, and you know, I, I could be wrong. It would be nice to
0: be able to be like, hey,
1: I would like to buy a joint or like this pack of three joints here at Seven Eleven for twelve bucks or however much it might cost, whatever.
0: Right. Right. Or for, or for or first, it's for the person that that is looking. You know, the the every once in a while person. You know, I'm showing up to a party, and I'll bring three little joints you know yeah. uh i don't know it could be something like that but it, it was interesting to see because i read an article saying that as more and more states decriminalize and make it recreationally available and start putting um almost uh these invisible barriers almost because it's not something where you can say hey listen every state has to now do it in this manner because when when recreational first came to michigan it was 18, now it's 21. So it's changed a bit. So, I mean, I I know they're changing. Other states have different laws when it comes to purchasing. But, uh, you know, from an overall perspective, the article was just like there's a good chance that this product might um, become federally available. Like the the government might realize that, listen, we can start taxing at a federal level across the board for this product and regulate it the way that alcohol and tobacco is uh, regulated today. I don't think in our lifetime it's going to happen. It, it, you know, after reading the article, I thought, you know, that I don't, I, I don't believe it happening anytime soon. But if it does, it would be kind of cool, no?
1: I think so. I mean, I would it would be fine. Uh, I, I think being able to go there and like, kind of like how you go to these liquor stores, they got this whole thing of cigars, right, that you just kind of walk into and you can choose and buy from. Kind of a similar
0: setup, right?
1: They would have like. Right.
0: Like a humidor's kind of up. they had like display and things of that nature available. I think that's really cool. Like, if that if they do make that, but then I just also think it's going to be like a massive wave of abuse, you know, just the way alcohol was abused, right? You know, you were you were eighteen at once at one point, and and yeah. you I remember I'm pretty sure you had you had somebody buying your alcohol when you were eighteen, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, I had someone buying my alcohol when I was fourteen.
0: So, uh, <laughs> But that's besides the point. I'm just saying, as as an 18-year-old adult, you're driving around, but yet you still can't purchase alcohol. Right. You found a way, you know, one way or the other. Oh, for sure. Usually older brothers. Older there you brothers. go. There, there you, you go. go. So my friend
1: Kieran uh, Mattetti, his his older brother, uh, Taj, uh, Taj was like four years older than Kieran. So when we were, you know uh, – you know, sixteen. He was twenty. He wasn't quite legal age, but he had he had a fake ID and he was usually one buying it. So I also had a great fake ID that said John Smith. I have the most Anglo-Saxon
0: white name possible for my fake ID. <laughs> so I'm surprised I, you didn't have like a tattoo of Pocahontas on your like forearm or something like that just <laughs> to prove it.
1: Oh man. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> anyways. Um, uh, so, anyway, that that that's it's going to go back to something like that, where, I mean, kids are always going to be kids. They'll find a way to get their hands on whatever it is that they're looking to get their hands on. So, yeah. you know, you'll have to just adjust accordingly. But I think regulation is, like, one of the c- cool ways of making it accessible to the general public. Yeah. So, <clears throat> all right, next topic for the corner, and then we're going to wrap it up we only at two points just to bring it back nice and easy. Okay. Um, what do you think about all these basketball, ex-basketball stars and players coming up with their own brand now? Gary Payton, obviously Al Harrington, we spoke about many times on the show before. He owns the uh, company called Viola. They have dispensaries. They have products. They have, <clears throat> um, they have their own product line and uh, more than one location. So, uh, And now you have Alan Iverson coming into the mix. You have, like, notable people. Yeah, you know, These guys are not um, – your Aaron McKees and Eric Snows, you know, Dallin Iverson that's now has his own strain. Gary Payton has his own strain. Larry Bird after he said did it he didn't know that there was a strain named after him, but he's like, I would I would be okay with it, I guess. I don't care. You know, he's he's too old for it. The snake.
1: I just my whole thing about the athletes doing it is I think it's something why the NBA is always kind of on the front lines of changing culture and sports. I believe uh, NBA was one of the first major – honestly, it was one of the first major sports to have their all-star game in Las Vegas. That's correct. Um, The NBA was one of the first to embrace gambling. Uh, The NBA has been on the forefront of embracing letting their players smoke weed, basically knowing that their players are already smoking weed and saying we're not really going to crack down on this that hard, right?
0: As long as you guys keep it to weed, right? Right,
1: exactly. The NFL is starting to come around a little bit, but in my eyes, Major League Baseball and the NFL are always the old. If you look at the owners in Major League Baseball and the NFL compared to the owners in the NBA, most NFL and Major League Baseball owners are old white men.
0: Right. I think at one the- of the reasons. I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I think one of the reasons why uh that they have kind of kept that same um I guess setup for all these years is because I think <clears throat> these NBA owners um that own their basketball teams, there aren't many long, super long tenured teams, right? They've gone through some sort of uh overhaul a sell of some sort, um, because they're you know, the owners of these NBA teams weren't able to take the hits as the sport was still building, right? Whereas the NFL, they've all, I mean, has, has the, uh, the Rooney family and the Mara family always owned, uh, like, their respective franchises? Has I that always know. been the I case? I don't
1: know. They've been oh, okay. for a long time. Just like the Hallis family, I believe, still owns the Bears or the McCaskies right. or something. I don't Bears owners. Uh, I feel like the Bears owners are the McCaskies. Uh, but Virginia – her name her maiden name is Virginia Hallis, which was George Hallis's. Uh so the McCaskies now own the the team, but she is the eldest child of the founder and owner, George Hallis. So it's still
0: so it still stayed in the family.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh but yeah, like some of these franchises, major league baseball, uh with the Steinbrenners, I think George Steinbrenner bought the Yankees in the early seventies. Um I feel like, uh, you know, the Major League Baseball franchises are old. They've been around since the early 1900s, you know, mid-1800s or early 1900s. But they've gone through several ownership changes. But the NFL, man, you look at the Packers who have been owned by the – basically by the fans, by the people for the longest time. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Rooney and Morris have owned those
0: franchises for a considerable amount of time. I think Kraft also bought the Patriots relatively recently, I think.
1: I don't think – no. I, I feel like uh, it's he's been the owner. And then you had the Broncos ownership for the longest time, but then he got sick, and then they they sold that team. And then they sold it, right. right. Yeah, but he he's owned the Patriots since 1994.
0: Yeah, that's a long – I mean, same thing with the Saints, no? Right?
1: Uh, who is that? that? That's Tom
0: Benson or something. Yeah, yeah the get the Benson family. They yeah. all, I think they own the Pelicans and the Saints. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. This is why
1: we need a producer. Well, this is why we need a. Uh, but I'm I'm pulling up the longest tenured owners. In sports, Mike Brown is the second oldest, the longest tenured owner. The owner of the Bengals. And then uh, Virginia, uh, let's see. Oh, no, that's that's. – let's see. Sorry. This is longest-tenured owners. Sorry. Uh, Bill Bidwell of the Cardinals, he's owned the team for 44 years. Jerry Reinsdorf has owned the White Sox for 35 years. Mike Illich, 34 years with the Detroit Red Wings. Virginia McCaskey for 33 years for the Bears. Pat Bolin, uh, who we were talking about, owned the Broncos for 32 years before he got sick. Reinsdorf has owned the Bulls for 31 years. So Reinsdorf has controlled the White Sox and Bulls for quite some time. Uh, Ed Snyder is the current longest – was the longest-running owner for the Eagles, as he owned the team for 49 years.
0: See, that's that's kind of – see I don't know how many – like Mark Cuban has not owned the Mavericks for 40 years, you know. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Things like that. I don't know how many how many owners now on the NBA side you have that are hitting that 30, 40 year mark.
1: Uh, the only one that's close here. There's two that are that are. Focus close. owner. Rich DeVos for the Magic, who's been the owner for 25 years. Reinsdorf is at 31 years for the Bulls, and Paul Allen, who's dead now but i i yeah. believe blazers blazers for 28 years
0: yeah yeah so that's that's the the you know the difference i i think that because these teams have had a little bit more longevity on the on the franchise side they're more set in their ways right going back to that uh comment that we were talking you know the topic we're talking about how how MLB and NFL is kind of old school whereas the NBA is a little bit more new money i guess you could say
1: yeah
0: i would agree with that yep New
1: money, you know. You look at Steve Ballmer,
0: who owns the, who
1: owns the Clippers, right? Right. You know, a lot of these owners, I feel, are either in their like early fifties or mid fifties, or even early sixties, where most of the NFL owners are like seventy, eighty years old. Like, look at Jerry Jones. Right. Yeah, know, old and people. So, but yeah, I, I think I think that's why you see more NBA players branching out um and doing this is they they they've taken an interest in it and they see it as a good business opportunity.
0: Like Tom Brady would never endorse a
1: marijuana strain. Probably not Tom Brady, probably not Peyton Manning, probably not Drew Brees. Uh but you know, maybe Jameis Winston would
0: one day. So who knows? <laughs> Gronk had his own CBD line when he retired for that one year.
1: That doesn't surprise me in the least. That <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that does not surprise me at all. I'm surprised that Rob Gronkowski doesn't have his own tequila company by this time. I think he bought into something. Uh, I think he have. has a percentage or something. Yeah, he may very well have.
0: All right, moving on. That's the end of the corner, man.
1: That's the end of the corner. All right, let's get some hits in the bong. Uh, another good corner
0: segment. We'll give it a couple of weeks and then we'll bring it back, man. It, Hopefully with Roger.
1: Um. All right, man. So I, I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta talk about this fight that happened at the Cubs White Sox game. I can't stop laughing now. Now, you're, are you familiar with Bill Burr? I am.
0: He's okay. hilarious, by the way.
1: All right. I want you to listen to this clip. Now, uh-huh. it's not Bill Burr in this clip, but I want you to listen to this audio clip of the dude shouting in the stands as these two guys are fighting. And tell me it doesn't sound like Goldberg. Here, here's the clip.
0: <laughs> What's this
1: H- that's hilarious. like the audio. You have a guy yelling, grab his dick and twist it. <laughs> and then near the end, this dude that's like, he's my ride home. That's <laughs> my ride home. <laughs> 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 and, and I, and I cut it off before I got to that part, but somebody's like, I don't think he's taking you home anymore. And he's like, yeah, yeah I don't think so either. But the fight was very I, – I, if you see the video clip of it, it's mostly just two guys laying on bleachers, holding each other, and then it kind of escalates a little bit more. But I, dude, the dude screaming out, "Grab his dick and twist it," made me lose my shit. And you can't tell me that doesn't sound
0: like Bill Burr. It it totally sounds like Bill
1: Burr.
0: <laughs> oh man, Um oh. that 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 kind of uh, entertainment brings, um, I don't know, brings fun to the game, I guess. It's it's almost like the Suns and six guy.
1: Yeah, man. I, yeah, the Suns and six, or no, the Suns and four, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah,
0: Suns and four, something like that. I don't know what he said.
1: Uh, I also want to get to here. Is the sign that the apocalypse is upon us now? It is Andrew Wilhoyt, an Indiana man, who was charged with murdering his cancer-stricken wife, as he allegedly used a concrete flower pot to to beat her and then dumped her body over the bridge, won uh, won the primary election as Indiana's GOP candidate.
0: What? That's got to be a joke, right?
1: No. All right. He, He was apparently running for the township board, which
0: consists
1: of three members, and only three candidates entered the Republican field. While no one filed filed to run on the Democratic ticket, Will Hoyt garnered 60 votes, which was enough to get him elected in the (laughs) primary I can't
0: believe this. That's too much.
1: (laughs) Oh, dude, he killed his wife and in prison won the primary election.
0: Only in America, man. Only in America.
1: The world is coming to an end, dude. All right. So I want to I call this out too. Um, is, uh, all right. We got possibly a couple guests coming on next week. We have uh, Jason Cameron, um, who uh, is uh, going to try to pop on with us next Friday. Uh Jason Cameron uh he uh, he has his own podcast uh that he he discusses movies, TV, pop culture. Uh his uh, podcast is known as the Driveway Podcast. Uh they also talk about sports, so it's very similar to what we do. Uh his only the only uh drawback is he unfortunately is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh but uh Ooh, no, I'm just <laughs> We are locking down times with him. Uh, I've been in uh, constant uh, con- uh, communication with them. Uh, our other uh, potential guest is Pete uh, Abayeda. Uh, uh, he's thinking about coming on Monday, um, That uh, being ready by 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Pete uh, also hosts a podcast um, called the Middle Class Film Podcast. He's a big movie buff. Uh, we'll have him on to kind of discuss uh, – discuss movies uh, and different pop culture items and um, uh, things of that nature. So uh, that, we're looking forward to having him on uh, uh, on Monday's show. Uh, we're going to cut out about 15 minutes for him uh, to join on. Uh, and then these guys who all host their own podcasts will heavily promote not only their appearance on the all bases covered podcast, but uh, our show as well. So uh, it's going to be uh, really fun getting some of these guests on. Uh, The last guy that I'm trying to get on uh, that I've been in communication with, uh, hopefully maybe not next week, but uh, for the following week or so, his name is Carl Darden. Um, He is host of Navy Sports Central uh, and also used to coach at the Naval Academy for their football team. Oh, wow. About of uh, uh, and he also played for Navy, so yeah, it brings a lot of insight of what it's like to be an athlete at a service academy, as well as uh, bringing uh, in-depth look at how NIL is changing the game and, and how uh, some of these um, uh, you know schools like uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, how they can compete in the changing world of college sports. So, uh, a couple preview of our guests that we'll be having on here in the future. So uh, exciting things happening here at All Bases Covered, man. We're starting to grow. Great. Uh, we are really starting to get uh, out there on a lot of different platforms. And I want to say that uh, our last show that we did on Monday has now garnered 5,700 downloads. So, thank Pretty you, guys. Good.
0: Pretty good. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.
1: Yes. Um. All right. Let's get to uh, our segment three, man, because UFC, th- this is big. Uh, big news now is um, – Yeah, he just got stripped. Yeah, Charles Oliveira has been stripped. So, Justin, uh, how do you pronounce the last name? Gaiche. Okay, Gaiche, okay. Yeah. Gaite can only win the title, but if he loses Charles Oliveira, then the title becomes vacant, the lightweight title. Yeah, yeah. So, huge blow, I think, honestly, for what the numbers might do. This is a hell of a fight. And if you look at this fight card, dude, it is loaded. You got... Yeah, so, definitely. John Lao Don versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. You got Mauricio Shogun Hua fighting. You got Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chandler. That's I mean,
0: going to be a good fight.
1: Dude, this is a loaded card. Uh, then did you card, order it? No, I didn't order okay. it. Okay, I'll, I'll watch it the day after, like a normal. Right, right, uh, right. But man, it's it's a loaded card. It, this is going to be a fun a fun card to watch. I think. And looking, uh, I don't I don't know what two seventy five is how he compares, but man, the, I mean, because I honestly, I, I looked at UFC 273, and that one didn't really knock my socks off, that was the zombie, that was the Korean zombie, uh, Chan Sung Jung versus Alexander Volonsky, and if you looked at the undercard, there wasn't a lot of really... The week It was a weak undercard. It was a pretty weak undercard, uh, even though Gilbert Burns did fight on the undercard. But, man, this, this undercard uh, is loaded. So, I, I am looking forward to this fight. Any predictions, man? Uh, do you think – I say – he's been on a bit of a hot streak, hasn't he? I thought – Well, yeah,
0: he's got the win. He's got the win uh, against uh, Chandler, and, which was like a fight of the year candidate. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I think – this whole scenario happened. Is this the first time ever, actually, that a champion's been stripped for not being able to make weight?
1: I don't think it is.
0: I feel no. Like I I'm I, I, I just i <clears throat> I was looking it up today, and and it. It, I think it's the first time in history, like they were saying. So I'm just gonna take a quick look. I use the Score app. I don't know what you use. Um, to Bye. get your news.
1: Not usually Twitter and ESPN.
0: <laughs> yep. So uh, Olivier is the first UFC champion to lose their belt on the scales. Wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. And he- so he's had a history of 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 uh you know struggle cutting weight you know you know going into his fights but like dude I mean <laughs> guy can That's never cool. never miss his weight man ever. That
1: tells me though if you're struggling to get to 155 and he missed it by half a pound maybe it's time for him to bump up in weight. Yeah, see, that's, yeah. The,
0: that's the other issue of, I've always had with, like, fighters, like, wanting to be the bigger guy in a yeah. lighter division. That only holds true for so long. Like, you can only keep up with something like that for X amount of time before your body's like, all right, you know, like, you have to start making some adjustments, you know, to, right. to what's happening. So I, I don't know. I <clears throat> I think that uh, Olivia should not have been changed it Excuse me, um, to a, like, a, um, you know, uh, basically, like, saying that I- even if Gaiche wins, um, he, I don't know, uh, There's there's got to be a different way to do it. Because this is the first time ever someone has yeah. missed weight for, for a championship bout and then lost, basically not even having fought, lost it. Like, even if he wins against Gaiche, I don't think he wins at all, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So he's got to take the next guy on to win it. And that's if he gets it the next that's one. If right? he gets, Who knows?
1: He might have to go down the pecking order a little
0: Exactly. Later. He might have to start, again, building up steam against top five, you know, uh, fighters in his division. I think this gives Conor McGregor a way into the division, too, bro. As, as, as sad as it sounds, um, <clears throat> it's something that, again, will generate views, right? It'll it'll uh, bump up uh, your pay-per-views. are going to be ne- McGregor's on it, right? So I don't know.
1: Lightweight division, right? So right now, I'm trying to think. UFC lightweight, two is all in this division um, currently. I, I feel like uh, this is one of the more loaded divisions uh, in in UFC right now. You have yeah, Olivier, Dustin Poirier, Just, Justin
0: Gaiche. Very loaded, bro. Very
1: like, loaded. Or Rafael dos They yeah, had
0: Hunter
1: <coughs> Ferguson. So. I I don't know, man. I I I feel. But then you
0: have a bunch of guys that can go up or down too. You know, that's the other thing.
1: Washed though, man.
0: I think he's washed. I don't think he has another
1: run in him. He's I think he's done. I think he got too arrogant and he lost sight of things, and now he's fighting on name only because if you look at his fight record. And you go back to his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. His last seven fights, he's three and four in his last seven fights after not basically –
0: I mean, a couple of them them were like accidents, like freak accidents. Broke his foot. Yeah,
1: Uh, okay, fine. He he broke his foot in the doctor stoppage against Dustin Poirier. Mm -hmm. But he got knocked out by punches by Poirier. He got submitted by Khabib nate diaz submitted him so i i just i don't know i don't i feel like mcgregor going to become a force again cuz he's not super old he's only 33 he he has gotta, some time he's got to rededicate himself right got to rededicate himself to uh the point where he is uh taking it seriously again like he did like he did when he was coming up when he won 14 fights in a row and right, he, when he beat
0: aldo right
1: yeah, he that was Aldo the
0: pinnacle of his of his peak beat performance.
1: Vendez, he beat Dustin Poirier. He beat Max Hollowell. So he beat some big-name dudes. And that was when he was taking it seriously. But then after that Aldo fight, I feel like he kind of got cocky. That's when he lost to Nate Diaz. Then he beat him on uh, a So He had
0: the he had the Mayweather fight in between.
1: And the Mayweather fight in between. He the- had his whiskey
0: company open up. He had He made a ton more money, right? Yeah.
1: And after the Aldo fight, he fought three times in 2016 and then he didn't fight again until for almost two years. So he went November 12th, 2016, he beat Eddie Alvarez. Then he didn't fight again until October 6th of 2018 against Khabib. And then after the Khabib loss, he didn't fight till, um, for a year and a half almost January, 2020. Then he took another year off when he lost to Dustin Poirier, And then he fought it last. He last fought July of 2021. So, if you look at this, he was fighting when he won fourteen fights in a row. He was typically fighting three, two to two to three times a year, and then from two thousand and sixteen, he's fought. He's fought four times in four years. So he's not fighting at the, and I just don't think he takes the training
0: to heart anymore, man. So, I think also it's it's rust, right? You know, you have like ring rust and you have other other sports have, you know, an adjustment period when you're take you've taken that much time off. And yeah. as you age, that's not the time to take that time off. If so you got to take that time off, it's got to be when you're younger so you can, you know, you still have your the, your ability as a as a fighter to continue, right?
1: But I just I don't think he has the hunger. If you look at the way guys like Dustin Poirier fight, Dustin engage fight, uh the Brazilians fight like Charles Oliveira, they, they're hungry. They're hungry to win. They're hungry to stand top. McGregor got all this money, and he's basically like, I'm a fucking superstar, and now all I do is run my mouth and sell fights. Well, you know what? You're not a WWE superstar. You can't just run your mouth and sell pay-per-views and, and then still be a star because the outcomes are predetermined. You still got to fucking back it up and put up or shut up in the UFC. And McGregor – he he doesn't put it up anymore. So now yeah. see, that's
0: that's what I'm I, I, like. I see like a trajectory of of um, him not doing well, and then going to a lesser promotion and trying to still drum up, you know, the same type of popularity, yeah. and then you know, don't be surprised if I say this, but like I'll, at some point you'll start seeing crossover, like UFC guys try to go into wrestling. You know, well they
1: already
0: are in AEW. Right, right, but it'll it'll become like WWE and like you know maybe a higher uh, platform of some sort
1: well they tried WWE tried to do it with Kane the Last Quest
0: right and then he had this whole thing with the, the
1: he did but he also failed miserably at WWE he just he wasn't was... entertaining he wasn't
0: he wasn't skillful in that arena um, yeah but I, I would see mcgregor probably uh doing better than Velasquez. you know, probably. Um, uh, you know as an entertainer i think he's yeah. better I think so, so. Oh, so I think that part is – I could say I could say that, hey, it's a possibility that this yeah. guy might actually do well in a different sport completely. Yeah. So.
1: so uh, before we get to WWE's backlash, which I think is going to just be a shit pay-per-view, I'm waiting for double or nothing at AEW at the end of the month. Yeah. Everyone's dynasty, waiting for that, actually. Our Dynasty Fantasy team is fucking – All right, so some shit's gone down, okay, in this league that we're in, okay? We had two more dudes drop out, okay? Are you
0: kidding me? So now, like, there's, like, four teams that are up for sale pretty much.
1: Five teams up for sale right now. What's the point? So what we're doing now, what's been discussed, because people have already paid, is we're basically going to bring in five new teams confirm payment, then we're dropping all players and doing a complete redraft. No. So all of our picks for the rookie draft are done. Are done. We had we had five first round picks. But but we've lost too many teams. That's too many players back in the back in the fucking pool, right? And it's just easier to do a complete redraft. So that's what's going to happen. Apparently, so what – this one guy that's in the league, his name is Dallas Jones, apparently is friends with the guy, Huss, who was accused of scamming people. And and Huss posted a long message in the chat. And everybody's kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever, bullshit. We didn't really take it. But one of the guys says that, Basically what Huss did, and and this is more believable than his bullshit excuse, is that he created these leagues, he took the buy-ins, he wrote them down as personal donations in his own 501C, bringing down his own taxes and funding his his personal charity at the same time.
0: So it's like uh, fraud on top of fraud on top of fraud, right? Yeah. And what his
1: explanation is, you know, oh, I never defrauded anybody. I, I've been uh, working with Sleeper Wire and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, nobody was really buying that shit. And because – I'll say this. The timing of this startup league has been terrible from the jump. Basically, we started this league up two weeks to go in the NFL regular season. This is when the draft started, right? Okay. Right. So we did a whole draft, free agency hadn't happened, the NFL draft hadn't happened, okay? So if you're going to do a startup of a a – I think that you would at least, at the bare minimum, wait until free agency has started and, and the NFL draft has happened so you can get a gauge of where guys – what value guys have. Because basically, drafting it with two weeks left in the season, you're basically drafting on that year's performance, basically, right? Then Yeah, and
0: you don't have a full clear picture per se.
1: Exactly, which if which is why at the time when we drafted Michael Carter the fourth round, it seemed like a great pick. But now with Brace Hall in tow, it feels like a terrible pick. Correct. That guy, yeah, yeah. Right? Right. And, and so I, I don't know. I, I to me we had a shit draft and then we we wheeled and dealed.
0: Yeah, bro, our trading was amazing. That's what I that's what I was yeah. yeah, it was – you did a great job with those trades. The
1: trades were amazing, but I felt like the overall depth of our roster because I was basing it on what could be, but not knowing who's going to sign where and what draft we got. Like, Keyshawn Vaughn, or, or – what? yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn, who we took in the 10th round. That seems like a steal when Ronald Jones and Fournette were both free agents and it didn't seem like they were going to re-sign. And now – Yeah. Now – Now it's a terrible deal because Tampa not only brought that Fournette, but they drafted a running back, I think, in the third round.
0: Correct, and that running back is now saying that he plans to be the starter. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so Keyshawn Vaughn all of a sudden, huh, fucking toast. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just better now that we've got – we're going to have all these new teams. I think it's better to put everything back. Uh, do a redraft, and I've learned some lessons from the first time. It was almost like we got a practice round of drafting in. I,
0: we, I, I think it was your your first uh, dynasty draft, right?
1: It was. It was my first yeah. dynasty draft. Mine and too. I never trade up to get picked, Trade back and acquire more picks if you're going to trade. So like, trade down. Don't trade up. And we, because we, you know, I I thought it was a shrewd move grab a burrow then then trading our middle round picks the middle round picks to to come back into the first round to grab Justin Jefferson. That seemed like a shrewd move, but then all of a sudden it's our turn to, you know, we're not, we don't have a third pit round pick and, a, and and a sixth rounder and now we're losing depth because we're we're not, you know, I, some of these guys that traded back and had like two
0: three picks in the second and yeah. round all and time they were now, able to stock up on depth. Yeah, exactly. So. so I think I uh, well, you know, I'm I'm sad that we're gonna lose those first round picks, but at the same time, I guess we get a a, a clean slate for now for um you know a brand new draft, really. Yes,
1: yeah. So and but man, that startup. When draft. is
0: that draft happening?
1: I don't know yet because we we got to fill the league first. But that that shit took like three weeks. That startup draft. Exactly, exactly. Fuck, huh, man, that thing took. We wraps. might
0: be we might be a, a having the draft right, you know, like wrapping up probably. Yeah, I think that. in August the rate it, that, that it's going.
1: That shit took fucking forever. I was like, guys. And then we're going to
0: pick someone in August, and that person's going to have, like, a torn ACL in, 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 in minicamp or something like that or whatever. And that's it, you know. That sucks. See, again, timing is going to be bad. Timing.
1: Well, I if it's me, I would push the draft to, like, August and try to get it and be like, listen, I know that you guys are trying to wheel and deal picks and discussing trades. Let's put a cap on that shit, though. Like, honestly, guys were taking sometimes 24 hours to make their pick uh, because they were trying to work out side deals, and I'm just like, dude, the NFL doesn't get 24 hours. They have 10 minutes to try to trade or work out a deal. Uh, you know, like fucking let's 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 go through and, and get this shit hurried up. But we'll see. We'll see how this
0: goes. One more point, though. I I will like to say, though, I like like the option of having that much time to pick, though, because, um, yes, the NFL gets 10 minutes, but the NFL has, like, a full staff, scouting, whatever, and they have months to do that, you know. Um, I, I still think there should be, if you can, like, impose a maximum of, like, two hours or something like that, like, on each pick. Try to see if you can give the guys, like, just a couple hours to make your picks, not, like, a full day. Not like
1: bull day, yeah. Well, they have eight hours, eight hours per pick. But here's the thing: what happens if someone picks at ten o'clock at night? I'm asleep. You know what I mean? I'm asleep by ten o'clock. You could be
0: sleeping. You could be sleeping for your for your pick as your pick gets auto picked, right?
1: Exactly. So that's why they did away with the auto picks, and they just said if you go over because, like, let's say someone decides they're up and they want to make the pick at midnight. Well, the next guy might not be awake at that time, so. Right, right. That's as we've run over by about four minutes. That's all the time we got, guys. It's been a great Friday night. Tune in next week. Uh, Monday's show, uh, we're going to have a special guest, and we'll probably have Josh back on Monday. Friday, uh, we'll have another – Try to get Tommy on on Monday as well. We'll try. We'll see what Tommy's available availability is. Um, if we have both Josh and Tommy plus a guest, we might push the show to two hours on Monday. So we will see. But thank you for tuning in on Friday. Download the show. Check us out on Twitter, on Facebook. All bases covered. And we are out on a Friday night. Man, everybody have a great weekend.